And God has a plan for each and every one of us, and this is part of it. You've got to learn His Word. You've got to dig into the Word. You've got to get, put yourself in God's presence, put yourself in the presence of God's people. And there's a lot of people in this world that think that they can do it, they can, they can serve God and but miss this part of it. They think that they don't have to really put themselves in the presence of God's people, which means come to church. Uh, you know, you don't have to be in church every time the door opens. Uh, some people can't. That's just life. Some people work. Their jobs take them here and there. That's life. God wants you to work. He wants you to take care of your families. But when you get the opportunity, you've got to put yourself in the presence of God's people. That's, we gain strength from each other. I need y'all praying for me. I need your companionship. I need, we, we all need people in our lives. And no matter how strong you think you are, you need somebody. Amen. No matter how strong. Brother, well, we would, uh, we got a lot to do. You know that, what we're doing. But we got a lot to do. We had a lot to do today. But I said, we better go to church. Yep. We yep. take time out and go to church. That's very important. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. You got to put God first in your life. You put God first in your life, everything else will fall in place. Amen. That's something that I've always said and I've always tried to teach people. Make God number one in your life. Everything else will work itself out. Mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah. right now, we're going to take some prayer requests. we got another another ten prayer requests now if it's already over. Go Brother ahead. Larry's done good. He had his surgery. And they found three. And he's feeling good. Awesome. <laughs> Praise good. God. I tell you what, it's been a long, drawn out thing for him. Yep. God still got his hand upon him. Amen. Larry's been dealing with these issues for years and years, most of his life. And then at, at the older age of his life, the doctors, the medical industry is finally figuring out how to help him. Yes. A lot of prayer. A lot of prayer. Yeah. Uh, prayer request. We'll pray. Um, my mom, I called, I texted her and I said, I'm going to be about by your house about 545 to pick you up. She called and she could just barely, you could, she just, I, I really believe it's allergies, but she mm. needs prayer. So, okay. so I was like, she, and uh, my stepdad said, what kind of church is it? And I said, I said, we're Pentecostal. He said, well, you probably need to go and go ahead and let that pastor lay hands on you. And I said, you know what? <laughs> you stay home and we'll just pray for you. <laughs> so, All right. Good. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We all need prayer. Yeah. So if we can lift each other Amen. up in prayer. Um, I guess one of my uncles found out he had cancer. Another one's got back issues. You tell my father needs Jesus. They all do. Uh, uh, so, yeah. Be lifting them up. And, and just be praying against the fence, because I've been dealing with that a lot here lately. Just a, just a fence. And whether it's here in church, whether it's at my workplace, whether... It's mm -hmm. some stranger I don't even know driving down the road. The fence has been popping up, and I've heard it mentioned in other, other churches, and I, and I can see it happening in other places with other people, and I can't yeah. really... I can't fix it, but I know God can. God can. I just notice a lot of offense. Along, along with the fence comes the spirit of anger. Yeah. Along with the spirit of anger comes action. Yeah. Lashing right. out. And you don't never want it to go that far. You've got to get control of these issues in your life. Not just you, yeah, all of us. All we all have yeah. to get control of that. Yeah. Brother, uh, like just Jen, uh, Jen said there, uh, you know, we asked the pastor to pray for us, but, you know, and I don't turn down prayer from anybody. Yeah. I mean, I don't, don't lay hands on me because I believe in the healing power of God and what the Bible says. 
if you get to pray for you, anoint you with oil, you'll be healed. <clears throat> Praise God. And uh, it, it just it just glorifies me to see people gasp for prayer, you know, but let's always remember it's not the pastor. It's God that touches you. Yeah. It's yeah. Jesus that died for you. Yeah. And he he got he he took the stripe for your healing. And praise God, he said, by his faith, you're healed. Amen. Praise God. So, you know, it, it don't matter who prays for you as long as you know who the healer is. That's, that's a fact, yes. So, anything else? Ricky. Pray for Ricky. Lady Ricky. Okay. Yeah. The family, whole family just about needs yeah. prayers. Oh, yes. <coughs> we, we, we need to lift each other up, keep each other lifted up in prayer, encourage. encourage. We need God's healing. One more thing, brother. I went over to the clinic and checked in and everything, and I sat there in the, in, in the examining room for an hour and 15 minutes. Nobody ever came in. I went to the door and one passed, and I said, what's going on? I said, I've never had to wait more than 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. He said, well, the doctor's in, the, in there with another patient. I said, for an hour and 15 minutes or longer, you know, he was there in there when I came in there. And she said, well, he'll be with you as soon as he can. I said, I'll tell you what, I'll just, I'll just go home with Jesus. You know what, I was hurting when I went out there. Yeah. And I ain't hurt him. Since I left that place, I hadn't hurt at all. Amen. Trust because God. of Jesus. Yeah. yeah. God will hear you. God will move. So let's just pray. Let's take all this to God. Pray for the service. Pray for the teachings that we're fixing to get. Pray for all these people. I can't remember their names, so let's just all pray together. And let's take it to God. Lord God, we just thank you for who you are. Lord God, we, we lift you up. We praise you, Lord God. We glorify your name, Lord God. All the, all the names that have been mentioned, Lord God, that need a healing from you. Lord, we just ask that right now you just allow your healing virtue to flow into each and every one of these lives, each and every one of these households, whether it be cancers, Lord God, whether it's just sickness, whatever the health issues may be, Lord God, the sinus issues, the allergies, Lord God, we just ask that you just touch in each and every one of these areas in their lives, Lord God. Bring peace, Lord God, into these situations. Peace and comfort, and let your joy, your love, your grace, and your mercy flow, Lord God, into these homes. Touch Sister Judy, Lord God, and bring her bring her through this, this slump that she's in, Lord God. Strengthen her, encourage her, take her pains away, Lord God. You are our healer, Lord God. We just ask that you reach down right now and heal her, Lord God. And just let your love, your grace, and your mercy flow throughout their home, Lord God. And just let them know that you have touched them, Lord God. Let them know you've been there. And Lord, just each and every each and everything, Lord God, that's been brought to you, Lord God, we just ask that you deal with those issues. Touch touch and minister in those areas, Lord God. Right here tonight, we're here to serve you. We're here to love you. We're here to worship you, Lord God. We're here to learn your word. So we ask that your anointing just flow freely, Lord God, into each and every one of our lives, Lord God, so that we can learn your word and we can receive something new and different out of it that we've never seen or heard before, Lord God. And just touch, move, minister in each and every one of these situations. And we just thank you for what you're going to do in each and every one of these lives that's been put in your hands. In Jesus' name we pray. Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated tonight. I texted Pastor earlier and I told him, you know, I said Misty was going to have to stay home tonight uh, with Ryden. 
And uh, I told him, I said, look, um, I'm going to do a short service tonight. You stay home with Judy. And so he took me up on that, and that's why we're here tonight. So what we're going to do is, and I, I, think, I, I think Misty posted, if you guys got your study guides, we're going to continue where we left off this morning. And we're going to do some good discussion. I like discussion, don't you? Okay. You know, I figured out this too. It's kind of a, it's kind of a, a I guess you say a dynamic. You got to have it. You got to, in order to have, in order to have good discussion, you got to have fellowship. Yeah. You don't have fellowship, you don't have discussion. You can't have one without the other. I don't really consider texting a conversation per se, mm-hmm. even though my phone tells me conversations at the top. <laughs> I don't really consider it a conversation if I'm texting you. It's just kind of a, maybe we can text each other some things, but what uh, Waylon mentioned, um, I want to capitalize on that, uh, encouragement, encouraging one another, um, and taking the time to, to call people and, and just talk to them. And, and, and try not to, try not to take it personal if somebody calls you and says, hey, I just wanted to check on you. Um, because I think sometimes we have a tendency to think, well, I ain't got nothing wrong with me, I'm good. <laughs> and even when we really, we're not good, but we'll go, man, we got so much stuff going on inside of us, we're like, well, I ain't going to let it out now. You know, we just we kind of conceal. Maybe you haven't done that. I have. People call and check on me, and I'm like, oh, I can't believe they call and check on me. What's wrong with me? Is there something wrong with me? I look at Misty. Misty, are you? Is there something wrong with me? No. I overreact and, and, not, and, and begin to, to forget that this thing is based on love, and it's based on fellowship. And if somebody wants to ring your bell and, and say, hey, we just want to check on you, we should feel honored. We should feel totally honored. So I want to continue off where we left off, and we're going to actually read a scripture, and I want to, I want to pinpoint a scripture that we can start with tonight, and it's actually in the, the text that we're given. So it's, we're starting on page 39 in our study guides, but I also want you to turn to 1 Peter chapter 1. And in order just so we can start clean, now you can get your first Peter chapter one marked. In your study guides, we're going to start under uh, section two, the right way, paragraph one. So if you'll turn there, and that's where we're gonna start. And I know the first couple sentences is familiar from this morning, so you guys have already heard that, but you know, just go with it. I just did it for it because it's a good starting spot. All right, page 39, you got your place marked in 1 Peter, chapter 1, verse 13. Let's look in our study, guys, real quick. Let's just read just for a little bit here. It says, Paul reminded the Ephesian Christians that they should not live like the Jews or the Gentiles. They have been given a new way to live through their submission to Jesus. Those who acknowledge God will live differently from those who do not. We are not left to try to please God in our own strength. When we accept Jesus as our Savior, we receive a new self that is empowered by the Holy Spirit to live as God desires. And so we were talking about that this morning, and we're talking about the Holy Spirit and the way that he empowers you, and he gives you a, uh, a different way of seeing things. We were also talking about the repercussions of not following the Holy Spirit, and what were some of the pros and the cons, what were the good things about following, and what comes from that, and what are the, some of the, the negative things that come from not following the Holy Spirit. And I think it's unanimous. I think we all agree, obviously, the Holy Spirit 
has your best interest at heart. Agreed? Amen. I mean, he wants the best. He, won't, he wants what's best for you. And we were talking this morning about how easy it is to get off track. And, and um, I actually wrote this down because I was trying to word it this morning, and I couldn't think of how to word it. And then when I got, when I got home after lunch and I sat down, I was like, that's, that's the way I wanted to ask the question. Is it possible to do everything right and still be wrong? That was the question I wanted to ask. Is it possible to do everything right and still be wrong? Well, I mean, that's, yeah, absolutely. And so that's what we've been talking about is coming to a place in our, in our walk where we're not serving or striving after things that we have come up with. We are walking a biblical view of life. We walk our life based on what God's word says, not on what I think, not what I think about it. Well, I think, you know, it's kind of like saying, well, I, I, think, I think God is good. Well, it's not good enough. It better be because the word says he's good. Yeah. And I think God can deliver. Well, it's not good enough. It's got to be because the word says he can deliver. Pastor done a phenomenal job this morning and recently. He's been talking about, and I think it was last Sunday, he was speaking about the power of the word and that, that the word is alive and it's living. And... You know, needing deliverance and speaking deliverance forth into your situation and how powerful that is to turn the tide of the situation and to use something that's alive. Yeah. It's alive, right? It's not just any book, but it's alive. So you speak the words from this book and it begins to have uh, an effect. So it says, we must purpose to say no to self-centered thinking and to say yes to the Holy Spirit as he directs us to make right choices. We must learn to hear and obey the Spirit. Okay, let's stop right there for just a second, and let's look at our scriptures in 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13 says, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Mind. And, and, and it's going to talk about it here in just a minute, but there's, it's kind of a twofold thing. And to get a grip on it, you, you literally have got to realize what the word is saying. It's literally saying, get a hold of your thoughts. Get a hold of your thinking. And I know a lot of times in Christianity, we kind of attribute the, the, the mind to the devil's playground. You ever heard that terminology before? The mind is the devil's playground. Yeah. Well, let me, let me tell you, that's true. He uses it as a battleground because that's the thing he, he wants to access. He can't access. He's got to start here. But you still have authority over your own mind. You still do. I think sometimes we kind of sell ourselves a bit short, maybe even take beatings unnecessarily, entertain thoughts unnecessarily when you don't have to. Yeah. Uh, the enemy will, will come in, and and that's where the um, what's the word I'm looking for? Seduction. The sensual seduction begins to start. Remember, you remember what leads to sin. The Bible says it's, it's your own lusts and desires. So it starts here. He begins, to, he begins to throw some stuff in. And I mentioned bitterness this morning as just an example. That's where it starts. It's like you get churning in this head. You get to thinking, you know, I really don't like the way they looked at me. I think it means something. <laughs> you know? I think Waylon's mad at me. I think, I think she's upset with me. Oh, I just seen her. I shook my hand out. And she, I put my hand out to shake her hand, and she turned away from me. I know she's mad. She's mad. He's mad. Anybody with me? Yeah, man. 
So it starts in your mind. You get to thinking, right? Mm -hmm. And this is why the Bible says to gird up the loins of your mind because that's where it's going to start. It's like right here. I got to get a hold of it. I truly believe that if we lose this, if we if this is if this is a step that we skip, it's like well look, I'll take it to prayer. I think you're going to continue to pray the same prayers all the time because if you can't, it's like it's almost like your defenses. If our defenses don't start at the mind and they're off maybe a couple steps into it, we've missed, the enemy's been able to actually get into our circle and take some, take some ground from us. And then we're like, well, I don't understand why he keeps getting in. I don't understand how he keeps battling me. I don't understand why I keep, you know, I'm praying, but have you girded up the loins of your mind? Have you been able to attack the thoughts that have been coming to you? Have you said, oh, hold up a second now. I've said this when I've been alone. Thank God nobody's around. They thought I was crazy. <laughs> I said, in the name of Jesus, I don't think so. Hold on. We're not going to go there. My mind just, anybody got a mind like that? I mean, it's my mind is like constant, like a machine. It's going. I've even said, you know, wake up in the middle of the night, and I'm thinking. Sometimes not very good things about other individuals. And I'm like, in the name of Jesus, No. And the enemy's trying to take the bait. Take it. Come on. But if you gird up the ones in your mind, you're going to be less likely to fall, fall to that. Go ahead, Wendy. I've done the same thing you just said, but I just spoke the word no. Right, no. Many, yes, many, I have too. Many, many times yep. in my life, out loud. No. No. That's and, good. You know, people don't say much about <laughs> yeah. when it's just the one word coming out of your mouth. But if you get into a complete spiritual battle, They'll know what's going on. Exactly. <laughs> many, many, many times I have said just the word no. Yes. Meaning put putting Satan in his place and he's Absolutely. left me alone. Yeah, and, and you know, and it's and sometimes it takes time too, especially if you realize that you hadn't been doing that. And let's say let's say you've given the enemy this ground for a long period of time. He's not gonna be so apt to just back out just because because <laughs> you want him to. He's gonna be like, Hey, I've been holding this ground for a long time. Yeah. You come along here and and I'm gonna, it's going to be a fight. You're going to have to discipline yourself. You're going to have to undo some thinking and pull him and push, the, push your defenses back because this is where it starts. It starts with girding up the loins of the mind and your thinking. So he said, he said, be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And this is the, the, when he's talking about this, this is the return of Christ he's talking about. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance. Now, what does now somebody tell me what ignorance means? I know. Unlearned. Unlearned. You don't know. You know, I don't know. To be ignorant. Now, this is what he think about what he says here. Not fashioning yourselves according to former lusts or the way that we used to think. Uh-huh. And it's like, well, why should we think any different? Because you're not ignorant anymore. You know better. Come on. And and this is this is good stuff. Because this is where I believe that the Lord begins to draw the line. I, the line is drawn on whether you're ignorant or whether you're not. And that's what you really have to ask yourself is, am I ignorant to this or do I know better? That's when, you think about it, that's when you probably got the most in trouble from your parents is when you knew better and you did it anyway. Amen. Yeah. I mean, that's when the whippings was hard. Yeah. I mean, they come down on you. When they knew you knew, but there was a little bit of, there was a bit of uh, leverage when they knew you didn't know, right? When they knew you didn't know, it's like, okay, I get it. But see, we can't claim ignorance. We can't, we can't claim ignorance. Uh, something that God had told me a, while, a long time ago when I was young in the spirit, a long time ago, 
and I seen this in prayer, and I was thinking, I was, I was thinking about this. I was thinking about Baptists and other people that didn't believe the way that we believe. And I was like, I just don't know how they could believe like that. I just don't know how they could do that. And he showed me that a lot of it was because of ignorance. But he showed me also, he said, show me a big keychain with lots and lots and lots of keys. And then he showed me a small keychain with only a few keys. And he showed me that the one who holds the bigger keychain is the one who's going to be held to a higher standard and be more responsible. He said, I expect more from the person with the, the bigger keychain. So if you want to go off and think that you're the one with the bigger keychain, that's fine. But just remember, I'll require more from you. And, and, and he showed me immediately. He was like, you want to put your hand out there and you want to, you want to knock on someone else's faith door. He said, I don't understand what you don't believe why, why I don't believe. He said, they'll be responsible for what they know, yes. not for what they don't know. Yeah. And so here we are in this scripture here about lust and ignorance and, and, and where, we're, where we're at. And if you're not ignorant to it, you got to call yourself out on it. Because if you know, then you know. Jim, you want to say something, buddy. I'm sorry. That's good. You went right on. And, uh, <laughs> I didn't say it, didn't I? God. You remember <laughs> what you prayed for me about the devil? About when I told you the devil was, uh, was coming to me in my sleep? Yes, sir, I do. I remember And they've been doing it for years. Yep. And I just hadn't come against him. Yeah. I hadn't, I hadn't done anything. It'd go away, and it'd come back, and it'd go away, and it'd come back. Mm -hmm. And you prayed that because the devil was, was tormenting me. About the things that. in my life before I got saved, right? You know, it wasn't really me, but it was me. It was in my body. Mm -hmm. It was in my head. Yes. And uh, uh, after you prayed for me, he went away. And then one night he tried to come back. Right. I said, "Devil, get out of here!" That's right. In the name of Jesus, you're already defeated. Yes. Amen. Yeah. I had been bothered by him sin. And I appreciate you bringing that up. So let me say this. And then we're going to continue on with the scriptures and we'll, we'll get into the text. I want to say this to, you know, obviously to everybody here, but young people too. There are things that come to our minds that are contrary to what, what God's word is. Amen. We have to be very careful about what we allow to roll around in our heads. We've got to be very careful. Now, this is from a lot of angles, and I don't have time to approach it all. This obviously comes from the way that we, the way that we see other people. The enemy will come in and try to get you angry at people for no reason at all. Um, he'll come in and begin to tell you things about yourself. Oh yeah. To try to ruin your the ruin your faith in God about just you. Yeah. Try to make you believe that you're not good enough. Well, I mean, you're not anyway. It's only by the blood. But the enemy wants to come just as he's defined. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Amen. And so, I'm going to venture to say, if it's anything like my walk has been in my life that you get told, every one of you, from kids all the way to adults, you get told and whispered things that you would never whisper to anyone else. And sometimes it scares you to the very end of you. Don't believe a word he says. Amen. It's a lie. Amen. It's a lie. I've been there. I've been there laying in bed and hear a voice whisper in this ear and draw me up. And I'm so scared, I don't know what to do. I've been there. And I've also been set free. And I've also felt the power of God deliver me. And I know what it feels like to be under fear. And I know what it feels, I know what oppression feels like. I know what that feels like, and it's not fair. I've always said that's not fair. Oppression's, oppression is a cheat, it's an absolute cheat. Do not believe a word that the enemy tries to sell you Amen. on yourself or, for, or against other people. Because it's a lie. 
It's a lie. And you got to catch it, though. You got to catch it. When it comes in and you see that he's trying to t he's trying to plant a seed, you got to stop it right there. So, no, hold on a second. No. Like Waylon said, no. We're not doing that. No way. Go away. You remember this part last Wednesday night when we was talking about it? I said, it says, be, be ye holy as I'm holy. Yes. Well, I knew we couldn't be that way because our, our righteousness is as filthy rags. Filthy rags. But through Jesus Christ, and we are one, mm -hmm. we are Son of God through Him. Yes. That we can be holy through Him. Through Him. Yeah. Absolutely. We, we can never be good enough to ourselves. No, we can't do it in ourselves. It's got to be through Him. Okay, let's finish up. Uh, to the former lust, your ignorance, <laughs> but as he, he which has called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy, as Jim just said. And if you call on the Father, who without uh, respect to persons judges according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning him in fear. As Pastor said this morning, this is uh, uh, the fear of reverence of the Lord. So, let me now let me pass on that. Let's go back to the lesson. Peter explained that righteous living starts with the way a person thinks. That's why I wanted to read that before we actually read the lesson part. It starts with the way a person thinks. And I'm, I'm an advocate for this. If your thinking is wrong, you are going to play a, the same battle over and over and over again. Until the thinking is corrected, you will always deal with the same problems. Same thing. Same, same stuff. So the, the, the thinking... Has got to change. And the only way the thinking can be changed is faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. You've got to get more word in you in order to change the way that you see it. I mean, and, and, and this is an amazing thing because the word is alive. You'll be reading the word and all of a sudden it'll hit you out of nowhere. I've read the word before and got answers to things I wasn't even reading about. Uh, my man. And I said, where did that come from? Because the word is alive. And faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And he didn't say, I would give you the answer just right there on the page. I'll give you the answer just because the word is alive. Amen. And so you begin to feed off of that. And so I am encouraging you, if you struggle in those areas, you have to put more word in you. So, so you got to change the way that you think. But the thinking is not just by you. It's done by the word. The first adjustment in thinking for a new believer is to accept the fact that there is one true God. There's only one. Once this mindset is in place, the person will understand he or she is to live in accordance with God's desires. Holy living involves staying focused on God. Christians cannot expect to follow God one day and follow their own desires the next, yet still stay in a good relationship with Christ. That's really good stuff. That's, that's, that's good. Um, a lot of times what will happen is, especially if you've been making any kind of effort at all to get closer to God, as Pastor was talking about this morning, you know, you've been making efforts and, you know, and you're striving and you're really wanting to get closer to him. It's usually about that time that you start getting contrary thoughts. Stuff starts to stir. And, and, and people begin to notice an attack. We would call it an attack. I'm being attacked. I'm trying to pray, but I can't pray. Something, something's getting me in the middle of the night. What's going on here? Well, what did you think was going to happen? The enemy's not going to just stand unchecked. He's going to he's going to come in. He's going to try to foul up what you're trying to do. I remember hearing this from Kenneth Hagin. Kenneth Hagin said, 
it ought to be the most grand thing that ever happened if the enemy attacks you because you know full well you've been approved by God in, in your pursuit to come after him. He said, that ought to be the grandest thing that ever happened. No, you ought to motivate you so much when the enemy attacks. It's like, I'm doing something right. Yeah. I'm doing something right. There was, you know, back when in the apostles' day, that's exactly what they would do. They would rejoice after they were beaten because they were found worthy to suffer for the name of Christ. And I'm like, what? That don't even sound, that don't even sound like anything that's going on today. I'm thinking if I'm getting, if someone captures me, and they beat me, I'm thinking, what did I do wrong? They were excited and rejoicing because they said, we did something good because we got beat today. It's like, okay, you guys got a different mindset than me. You see the difference in the mindset. They're, they were they was so sold out in their thinking, they understood fully the price that was going to have to be paid. They, they understood it. Okay, so he said, um, oh, yeah. We face many temptations to take our focus off of God. Keep in mind that Peter told his readers to stay alert and sober. Remember that, sober-minded. Remember the prize that awaits followers of God, which Peter, Peter highlighted as the hope of the Christian. Saying no to self today is a tiny sacrifice compared to the eternal reward that awaits Christians who remain faithful to God. Do you agree with that? Amen. You could say, in, I guess in a sense, it's kind of like a fast. You're saying, no, I'm not going to enjoy that because that's not going to be good for me. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm, putting, it, I'm putting it to the back. I'm not going to take part in that. It's the kind of fast that you never go back to. <laughs> you, you never pick it back up again. So we were talking about this, and, some, and we talked about it in my family a bit. What are some things that you're looking forward to in heaven? Let's, let's just entertain this for just a minute. What are some things that you're looking forward to in heaven? What do you want to see? What do you want to do? Who do you want to meet? Someone tell me. No more pain. No more pain. No more back aches. <laughs> Wayland, that's good, brother. Yeah. So the new, the renewed body, yeah. that new body. Jesus. Jesus? Yeah. Very good. I want, to see, I want to see the one who made the sacrifice yeah. for us all. Jim? Well, we won't be tempted anymore. No temptation. No temptation. That's good. We no temptation. No, we don't have no devil to fight for. He's already <laughs> lost the battle anyway. Yes. Agreed. Very good. Be able to feel and enjoy the full presence of God. Mm-hmm. So we won't be we won't see him part no more. No. You see him full. Full when he's full. Anything else? Constant praise. Constant, Constant praise. praise. Always in an attitude of praise. We don't even really understand the lifestyle change. It's like we'll be going, we're definitely going to be going overseas. <laughs> It'll be different, different lifestyle change. You know, I still want to meet the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of people yes. I want to meet. But, uh, and, you know, Pastor talked about it. There was a message I was going to share with you from Kings, and he talked about the same thing Pastor talked about almost mm -hmm. on Wednesday about uh, being judgment and when we get to heaven, the rewards and all of that. Yes, yes. And I'm interested to see what my rewards are. It's kind of mm -hmm. discussing with that with somebody at work. It's like, I don't know, it could be anything. I could have a T-Rex that's mounted that I could ride around in heaven. I have no <laughs> idea what it is. <laughs> and, but, I mean, he could give you your heart's desire, whatever it is you desire the most here on earth that's good and holy. I mean, like, you always wanted this. Guess what? Here you go. You wanted your own Millennium Falcon. Now you can have it. <laughs> fly it around. I don't know what it is, but sure. it's interesting to think about things like that. 
if I'm going to entertain what I want to do when I'm there, I want to see the crystal sea. I want to take that walk. And I think, for me, it's, it's taking that walk, so to speak. You ever, how many of you ever take a walk to kind of ease your mind? Yeah. Anybody? Come and get away. I want to take that exact walk, but know that I never have to go back. And that's the, that's the walk right there. The walk when it's like, it's done. And I'm walking, meeting people. I'm going down the streets of gold, which they say the kind of gold is so pure that it's actually transparent. It's not the kind of gold that we have. And I want to see what the place that he prepares. I want to see the landscape. I want to see other people's places. And I just want to take my time, yeah, if sure. there is a such thing, but there's not. It's outside of time. But I want to take my time. Let's keep, I got to keep moving, guys. Fun. Fun to think about. So we're going to say no to self today so we don't cheat ourselves out of what's to come tomorrow. That's what we want, right? We want, to, want that eternity. All right, section three personally involved creator. Paul introduced a new way of thinking to the philosophers in Athens, a philosophy based on a God who was not carved from stone. The God Paul described was much different from the Greek gods. He interacts with his creation and does not need sacrifices of the people in order to find his fulfillment. He loves and cares for his creation. So he's, can we say that he's an involved father? He's involved. It's proven that dads that are involved in their children's lives will produce healthy children. Moms too, but I'm talking about from the perspective of fathers here. Look at this, well, let's do it like this. Look at the statistics of children that are fatherless and that only have their mother to raise them. And so there's, there's a dynamic there, statistically speaking, children need their fathers. They need a male figure in their life. And so God is not a God a father to me that stands at a distance and that it's hard to find. He's a father that I can go and I can access and I can say, Father, are you there? And he said, Yes, I am. What do you need? Son, daughter, what do you need from me? He's an involved dad. You with me? He's involved all the time. So he loves us so much that he provided a way for us to find him. Note that in verse 28, as Paul addressed a group of philosophers, Paul quoted a Greek poet and philosopher to build a bridge between what the people already believed and the true God. This springboard helped him approach the subject of God in terms of listeners, uh, terms his listeners would understand. Paul explained that in light of humanity's ignorance, which led to idolatry, God was merciful and held back his judgment. But mercy would give way to judgment eventually, and now was the time for the people to turn from idolatry. Kind of think this is where we're at right now in our society. Better turn from that idolatry before judgment is released. Similarly, some still worship idols and other false gods. Okay, let's talk about the false god and the idol thing for just a minute. So, back then, the way that the, this worked was, we talked about a little bit about it this morning, was that, um, well, the children of Israel used them as an example. What they did was, is they would go, they'd have the, uh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That would be, that he was the one true God. Well, then they would switch. And then they go worship uh, Ashtaroth, which had to do with the stars. And then you would uh, worship Baal, uh, which was very putrid and, and disgusting. And there were all these other gods that they would serve. And there was this kind of popularity deal that was like uh, the more gods, it was better. The more gods you had, it was better. And so I think sometimes that Christianity today thinks that idol worship 
is supposed to look like it did back then, but it doesn't. It doesn't. Anything that you spend more time with and that your heart goes out to and you become connected with it is taking time away from God. Uh And we'll consider that. It has to be considered idol worship because that's what they did. They would let their hearts connect to it. Even though there was nothing there, they would get connected with it. And they would do all kinds of crazy things, cut themselves and blood sacrifices and all these type of things that were not ordained by God and that God never asked for. And so it would always get them into trouble. So is it still possible today to worship idols and false gods? Oh, yes. Yes. Yes, it is. And so what we have to define that, though. We have to make sure that we're defining it correctly because you could be doing it and not even realize that you're doing it. Amen. And so if, um, let, me get it, let me give you an example. Let's, let's, let's throw some examples in. Well, let me just ask you. What do you think could become an idol or become a false god? Um, actually, anything that you put before God can okay. become an idol. But for me, in a specific situation, um, and I won't go into all the details, but God revealed to me uh, that I was putting my husband before him. Mm, okay, and, that's good. you know, for me, I never realized that. Mm-hmm. But God brought that's that good. to me saying, he, no matter what, he's got to be first mm-hmm. above all else. So. That's powerful, too, because that's, that's an intimate deal. Yes. That's a deep deal. And God wants us to, to have a good connection with our spouses and, and to... Uh, to reverence each other and to be respectful and to hold each other in high regard. But that's such a great lesson for everyone to learn. Fantastic. Uh, I don't know which one it was, one of the fathers. Might have been Peter or Paul, but anyway, they said, be careful, you know, and not love the world, things in the world more than you do God. Yes. You have to keep on your guard all the time. Mm -hmm. All the time. There's There's always that danger. So what are some other things? What are some other things that we could turn into uh, false gods or idol worship? Mine has been, uh, sorry, mine has been self here recently. Uh, okay. Yeah, because it's like I'm praying for the things I want and not the things that I need. And that's, that has become, okay. a, become a problem, so he started to show that to me. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Okay. In depth with it. I heard somebody else. Phone. Phone? Did you say phone? Yeah. Did you say phone? I'll tell yeah. you what. You might have your tire slashed before you leave. <laughs> you know, that's good, Linda. That's really good. And so we talked about that before and, and how easy it is to get, um, well, have you ever been convicted while you've been on your phone before? Lord, ever? Uh-huh. Been, hey, you don't watch that video six times. You think you can give that thing a break? It's like, oh, okay, okay. I was just giving praise, but yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. I'm sorry. I mean, I could throw something in there. You know, I could. I mean, I, you know, my stand with video games. I sure. Mean, even came down to Marvel movies at one point in time. Yeah. I used to love comic books, and comic books was one. Right. Uh, music, that was mm-hmm. one. Uh, television, I'm still trying to pry that yes. out of my good. life. Entertainment. Entertainment. Anything entertainment. that takes me away from the Lord and the right. purposes that he has. Because that, I mean, that's kind of been spooking me because pastor talked about that and that message today I heard talked about that like God put us on this planet to do something for him mm-hmm. and 
if I'm playing stupid Candy Crush, I'm not <laughs> doing anything right. for him. Right. So. right. Okay, that's a good point. That's a really good point. Okay, let's keep moving. Uh, okay, we must be cautious that we do not allow a modern form of idolatry to take our attention away from the true God. The Bible is clear concerning who God is. We have a choice to accept or reject him for who he is. Those Greek philosophers in Athens had mixed reactions concerning what Paul had shared about God. Some immediately rejected Paul's message. Some accepted the message and became followers of God through faith, faith in Jesus. Others wanted to think about the new concept a bit more. Our relationship with God is found through faith, and faith is not wishful thinking, but a firm commitment. Amen. So what do you think firm commitment means? What's that mean? Not wishful thinking. It's kind of on the other end of the spectrum, but not wishful thinking, but a firm commitment. What's a firm commitment? Unmovable. Unmovable? That's good. I don't want to put in any clarifications, but like a job. Okay. It's not a job. But no. But it does demand responsibility. You know you're supposed to Some be characteristics there. You have to be there at a certain time. You leave when you say when they say you can go. You're supposed to be okay. there in those parameters and be loyal to that place for the most part. Yeah, that's, yeah. Okay. So, and and I, I agree with Sean because our our job is has our jobs have responsibilities, and I think we've all agreed that the Christian faith has responsibilities, yeah. things that we must do. And, and, and I know that a lot of people don't agree with that. Um, I, don't, I don't know how you cannot see the responsibilities that have to be had. Uh, Waylon was say, talking about church earlier, and I, had, uh, I was, it was years, actually a couple years back, and there was an individual that had his, uh, he had a YouTube channel, and he, he was talking about church and, and uh, why church attendance wasn't that big of a deal and paying tithes wasn't that big of a deal. And, and all of that, and, and uh, so I got to dig in a little bit, and, and I realized he come from a really, really large church, really big. And I just I wanted to chime in and weigh in on this because I had he was a young guy, his early twenties, and I and I said, considering the size of his church, I'll bet you he's never had interaction with small uh, Southern Oklahoma churches, Bible Belt churches. So I chimed in this really long stint. And it was just my views. And I said, there are a lot of dedicated and devoted people that go to small churches and pay tithes. There are churches that would not exist anymore if people that are going there didn't pay their tithes and show up. The, pe the, the church would cease to exist. I said, it's easy to say it coming from your perspective because if you don't come to your 1,000-member church, nobody cares. And if you don't tithe, Nobody cares. But in a small church, when there's maybe 20 on Sunday morning, if those people can't pay a little bit of something, and if they don't even come, church doesn't operate no more. He actually answered me back. Couldn't believe it. And he sent me a, a paragraph about that long, and he said, honestly, I have never looked at it from that perspective. Now, I'm not saying that so you can say that I was right, because that wasn't the purpose. It was a discussion. And that there are responsibilities that have to be done. And if those responsibilities aren't done, you don't get to move forward. It doesn't, the place doesn't exist anymore. And so we're, we're always known as the Bible Belt because of our many churches. And I've seen many of these churches. I've been in some of these churches. These pews come from a church that was closing its doors. When I was there, I wanted to take some time and talk to, I believe it was the pastor I was talking to at that time, um, 
And he was telling me some of the history that him and his wife had been married in that church. This was up here in that. Fillmore. Nida? Russet. Russet, I'm sorry. Russet. Yes. I get my locations all messed up. I'm pointing this way and I'm mentioning Nida. <laughs> Russet. Got one church in the whole place. One church. But there used to be quite of a, an active town. So much history in these small places. But if the responsibilities are not taken care of, you can cease to exist. And so, obviously, we've been around. We've been very fortunate as Rock Harbor Church. We've been around for a while. Uh, 24 years, 23 years now? That's really good, considering that we are not uh, connected to a, uh, a denomination. We're non-denominational, which makes it that much harder. Because we don't have anybody watching out for us except the Holy Ghost. Amen. That's all we need. That's all we need. And so he's got us. He's got us through. But you know what got us here was people being responsible for the things that needed to be responsible for, and God always took care of us and He used that. He used it. And so some of us in here, are, we're getting older. I hope that the young people see that and they will take up the reins and fill those locations as they get older. Bring their families in here, and we can continue to to move forward. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah. we did. That was fantastic. Yeah. It was very good. So we need a firm commitment. All right. So faith places trust in God, and we can never experience everlasting life if we do not believe that he exists. Faith and believing in the one true God. The question come up this morning, are we accepting the one and true God? And we all agree that it's got to be the biblical God, right? Yeah. It's got to be the biblical God. It's not going. It's not the God that just takes you as you are and allows you to do whatever you want. That's not the God that I serve. I got a God that calls that calls things out. Hey, you know what? God called back in the Old Testament. He called kings out. Yeah. Me called kings out. Handwriting on the wall. You remember that, Daniel? If God is going to call a king out, he'll call you and me out. Oh yeah. He'll call us out. And so this has been a, this lesson that we've, we've been going over uh, since this morning. There's so much information in it, and I just encourage every one of you to consider some of the things that we talked about this morning and what we've talked about tonight, and in that we, we continue our pursuit for God, but not just a God that does good things for us, but a God that's defined by the Bible. Yeah. A God, that, a God that's defined by, by this word right here. I've learned so many things over the years about the Holy Ghost that I didn't even realize were in there, and then I found it in the word, and I was like, well, it, it's true, isn't it? <laughs> anytime, anytime you get an inspiration of God, check it with the Bible. Make yeah. sure it, it adds up. And I, I, I assure you, if you've truly heard from God, you can find it in his word, yeah. for sure. Well, I told you it was going to be a short service, and it is. We're going to, uh, we're going to wrap this up tonight. Any other input before we dismiss tonight? Sometimes it's good to have a short service. It's not a, not a bad thing. Sometimes uh, uh, some, the, the weather's been hot. So you guys can get home and get your stuff ready for this coming week. Sean, you got something you want to say? I was going to say, it's, to try to wrap your brain around who God is, it w it'll take you a lifetime and then some. Oh, goodness, uh, yeah. Just all of his attributes and who he is, his mercy and faithfulness and love and wrath and anger and just the whole gambit. Yeah, who he good is, way to put it. is just I didn't like back in the day I was I never read the word no a few people know my past in here 
And, and when I finally read the Old Testament, it's like, I really didn't know how much you hated sin until I read the Old Testament. Yeah. It kind of just gives you a, a picture, picture, a small smidgen of, of how he feels about it. It's like, yes. man, I don't want to do that anymore. He do, he, he's very, he's very uh, committed yes. yeah, to he was very committed, like, his view like, on oh, sin. you got to go. And literally, you got to go. <laughs> you got to go. Oh, Open up the earth kind of ghetto. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead, Joe. That's good. Well, confession brings repentance. Yes, it does. An act of repentance, we're made anew. Yes, we we're are. Same person. By the covenant, yeah. absolutely. Well, we got to stand on that faith. Yes, we do. We can't let down. Good, very good. Okay, well, in 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 pace with what Waylon said this morning or uh, tonight, be praying for each other, hold each other up, praying for each other, encourage each other. Remember that we've, uh, you know, this is a it's a different season we're in. I think I think if you if you believe if you believe in seasons the biblical seasons, Rock Harbor Church is in a different season. Yeah. We're in a different season. I know each one of you are in different seasons in your life, but not every season lasts forever. Yeah. And that's the way it's designed. This will not last forever. We will move on at some point. Let's stay vigilant. Continue to pray. Continue to hold each other up, and we'll all get through this. Would you stand? Tell somebody about the Lord. Tell Amen. somebody about the Lord. Father, thank you for tonight. And Father God, this has just been a, a short time with you, Lord, but we're just thankful for the time to gather and to learn your word. And Father, I pray that we take your word with us, Lord, and that we continually seek you, that we pursue you. Father God, that we desire you above everything that we have in our lives. Father, thank you for, for being that to us. Thank you for giving us something to shoot for and to go after, Lord God, not attached to this world. Father, I thank you, God, that the, you can be attained to the spiritual and not the physical. Thank you, Father God, Lord, that you bless us and you protect us and you watch over us. And, Father, we just pray that continued, Father, throughout this church and throughout this week, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.